0: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. If you play quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, if you play for an organization where Jerry Jones is going to be your owner and you keep falling short of expectations, then you got to expect that smoke and that heat that's going to come your way. Dak Prescott understands that.
1: When it comes to Dak Prescott, you can't get outplayed by Brock Purdy when it comes to playoff time. You can't allow a Jimmy Garoppolo, a glad team, beat you in the playoffs and stop your team from getting to an NFC Championship game and stopping your Super Bowl hopes. That can't happen.
2: Campbell candlestick, he scored
0: a touchdown, he made me cry. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN radio. By the way, you can save on your bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. You can do that by visiting Progressive.com. Ten minutes away, give or take a lie or two. We're going to do our trust tree. What are the strongest branches or the weakest branches regarding these teams? That are maybe be Super Bowl contenders or pretenders. We'll get to that touch tree and climb that tree in about 10 minutes here on Freddie and Harry. But we got the big game of the weekend, Harry Douglas. Got the Philadelphia Eagles on one side trying to call it a bounce back of the losing to the New York Jets. They got the Miami Dolphins with their 4-by-100 track team ready to try to score some points in a game that, from my standpoint, is a litmus kind of game. It's a litmus test. If you're the Eagles, even though you're 5-1, and one, a lot of people looking at you going like, well, are they as good as their record? They don't seem to be the same team they won last year that came with a play or two of winning the Super Bowl and winning that championship. And on the other side, Harry, you got the Miami Dolphins. The last time they're in this kind of big game situation, man, they got thrown off the stage. They got thrown out of the club by those rough guys called the Buffalo Bills losing at 48 to 20. I can't wait to see exactly what's going to happen because this is a litmus test kind of game involving the Eagles at 5-1 and one and the Dolphins at 5-1. and
1: And Fred, if I had to pick a team that I thought this game meant more for, okay. to me it would be the Miami Dolphins, right? Okay. We, we've seen the Eagles um, – they're five and 5-1 right now, but we've seen them last year be able to do some of the things that they are able to do. And when this football team is hitting on all cylinders for the Miami Dolphins, yes, they made the playoffs a season ago – but you look at when their first huge, big moment came okay. in 2023. They had to go up to Buffalo, right? And I remember you saying, hey, I'm taking Buffalo because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a challenge for them to go up there and have to, you know, beat that defense and beat that team. Uh when they're at home, the Buffalo Bills, that is. And the Miami Dolphins basically got ran over yep. by the Bills in that setting. So if you're telling me that the Miami Dolphins, they're going to go up in Philly, and we see the you're Philadelphia right. Phillies and how red October has been up there, and we know how that <laughs> fan base is. Trust me, I know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a damn brave fan. <laughs> I know what it's like. <laughs> On the bad side of things. So you're telling me that the Miami Dolphins going to go up to Philly, uh-huh. And they beat Philly uh-huh. on Sunday Night Football uh-huh. with that atmosphere because you know people are gonna be going crazy because they they're coming off the high and the drunkenness that they have from the <laughs> Phillies game. <laughs> then I'm gonna sit here and say, you know what, the Miami Dolphins, whoa, that might be the best team in the AFC yep. right now. I don't have that. I have met two. Okay, I got can't see. She says as one.
0: Me and you both.
1: Right. But you go up there and you beat Philly at Philly yeah. after they just lost a, a, a heartbreaker and didn't play up to their capabilities against the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And you go up there on Sunday Night Football while the world, Craig, the world, Craig, is watching.
0: Yeah. Oh, I got to jump you to number one in the AFC. Yeah, n- number one, the way the Phillies are going, that series may be over by Saturday anyway. So they're really going to be out of oh their minds Lord. leading into that Sunday game. because They're going
1: to beat all uh, kind of edibles and mad uh, dog oh 2020. Goodness all
0: they're going to have priests priest cursing in the stands at the, at the, at the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins when they get to that game on Sunday if the Phillies close out things to the Diamondbacks by the time game four rolls around on Sunday. That's number one. Number two, check out what Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, had to say about here's why we're 5-1, and one, and we got to get back to what we did last year when we got to the Super Bowl.
1: You turn the ball over four times, you shouldn't expect to win. Plan on doing a better job of that as a team. You know, those guys are great players. They know they made mistakes. I know I made a mistake. Um, we all know we make mistakes, but it's about how you respond to it, and we have the confidence in one another to respond. They've spoken for themselves on that, so there's no need for me to comment on it.
0: That's why I believe it's a more important game for the Philadelphia Eagles because you're not wrong about the Dolphins. You're about to find out exactly that if you don't have home field advantage in the playoffs, a place like Kansas City, a place like Buffalo, that's what that's going to sound like what you're going to experience on Sunday in Philadelphia. Going into those, those dinner thieves, that hellhole that is a great hellhole if the home crowd is on your side, but it's a hellhole for you if that home crowd is not on your side. If you got to go into Kansas City, into Buffalo in January try to win a playoff game, they're going to experience that a lot more on Sunday than they even were not able to deal with last month when they took on the Buffalo Bills. But here's another reason why I believe it's more important for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're an Eagles team that looked at themselves and said, man, we don't believe anybody's better than us. There have been chinks in your armor that people are going to say, oh, they're not getting back. Oh, they're not getting back. Oh, they're not getting back. If you're an Eagles team as prideful as they are with a hard-driving coach like Nick Sirianni and a guy in Jalen Hurts who is pretty good at figuring things out, what problems could potentially be to make sure, I think they'll find a way to get that done in terms of figuring that out. We'll see if that happens on Sunday. I don't have a lot of worry for the Eagles. But if you lose back-to-back games, especially a game like this at home, then they may start question themselves just a little bit. Even though they'll be a five-and-two team, if they're not able to beat Miami in their home building on Sunday night. And
1: I'll say, and I'm gonna look back on their loss, right? The one they just had versus the Jets. And I want people to understand this also: the Eagles still had an opportunity and still could have won that football game. And they had two drops. Uh, Very meaningful ones. I thought the second one by Devontae Smith was more meaningful than the first one because that was coming out of halftime and it would have gave them a first down and they had to punt. Mm -hmm. But you had two drops by Devontae Smith. You had a drop by Dallas Goddard that ended up being an interception. You had the offensive line not playing up to his capabilities and and got uh, dominated. And then also, you know, Gainwell on a third and five situation, you backed up, had a chance to catch another pass, and he dropped that. And you still – could have won the game. Mm. You still could have mm. won the game. So that also, Michael Parsons, is a reason why I'm probably not as hard on the Philadelphia Eagles. I was on them, right. but probably not why I was on them as hard as I am on the Cowboys sure. if something would have happened like that to them.
0: Yeah, by the way, Jeff Saturday, though, ESPN NFL analyst, a guy who played 14 years in the National Football League. When he was on Sportsman, like earlier today with Evan Cohen, Michelle Smallman, and also Chris Canty, don't forget that show Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio – from 6-8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. He believes it's not the Cowboys that is the team in the NFL that has the most question marks. I would probably say the Eagles. Mm. It's two coordinators gone. They're trying to figure out who they are. I think they are the second best team in the NFC. But, like, Jalen Hurts has to figure this thing out with a new coordinator. Understanding checkdowns matter. Like, if you looked at that, and Sirianni, has to be, a, in my opinion, a little less aggressive. Coaches, coach, he's an aggressive coach. He always has been, and you do love that. But there are days where you ain't got it, and you saw that. <laughs> they, you didn't have it, right? Let, let's just find a way to get out of this yeah. thing. Harry, you know about this from your Atlanta Falcons team. Getting to a Super Bowl and not winning it, there are no guarantees you're going to get back there. And I wonder how much the Eagles have that in their psyche to say, man, We have that pressure because we believe we should have won that game versus Kansas City, but we didn't. That pressure is going to be more and more immense. The more and more the Eagles don't look like a team we thought we were going to see coming into this year or resemble anything like the team that we saw last year that ran away all intents and purposes of the NFC East, knocked out two quarterbacks in the NFC Championship game, and we're
1: this
0: close to beating Kansas City and winning a world championship once again.
1: And Freddie, like it's hard to – As a player, when you have so much success one season and you go to a Super Bowl and you have your quarterback, who's an MVP candidate, and you have a ton of pro bowlers and you have, Mm -hmm. you know, Hassan Reddick sacking the quarterback at will, it's hard that following year to get those things out of your mind, right? Because every year is different, but, you know, athletes tend to lean on some things that they may have done the previous year. Right. When... 2023 is a, 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 a totally different, you know, piece to the puzzle. And that's how your mindset has to shift because you can't think about last year because you had Shane Stike in there, right? Because you had Jonathan Gann in there. Because you had Malotta on the offensive line who's now in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You you had you had a Miles Sanders in the backfield, right? There was so, there's so much change across this football team. And I, I agree with Jeff Saturday um, to a certain degree. Yeah, they they do have question marks, right? Because that offensive line this year hasn't been the dominant offensive line that they were a season ago. You see some leakage, you know, when it comes to protection and also at times the run game where defenders have their way. Bryce Huff yeah. came into that ball game, and I get it. Lane Johnson wasn't there. But still, the backup, you have a job to do. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. The standard doesn't change because the backup is in. The standard is still the standard, no matter what the situation. Um, the, no matter what the situation may be at that moment. So I also think, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, like those those freebies, like just taking what the defense has given me now. I don't I don't think they're doing a great job of that. Yeah. Him being incorporated in the run game a little differently is not the same as it was a season ago. So yeah, you have things here and there. They have people hurt defensively, right? The linebackers are hurt. Darius Slade didn't play the last game as well. So there's a lot of things that's different for this Philadelphia Eagles football team. Mm-hmm. But I I I'll also say that's also the beauty of the game, too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Right?
1: Because no year is the same. And if you're a team that didn't have an amazing year in 2022, you could be a team that can have an amazing year in 2023 because you fixed some of the issues. But can the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, fix their things Mm -hmm. on the fly, right? And not derail their season?
0: I believe they can. Yeah, so do I. They got too much of a coach in Nick Sirianni, too much of a prideful team and talented team to continue to let this go by the wayside. They love holding each other accountable because that's been a hallmark of their success. But don't lose to Miami, Philadelphia, because if you thought that pressure on the outside was intense, it may be even a little bit worse on in the inside, the internal pressure from your team because you think, oh, wait a minute now, how are we going to figure this out when we didn't think that these problems were exacerbated at that point to be a 5-2 and two football now, can team. Can I say this, though? You
1: can. can can we say that context matter matters in, in how they lose? They should so,
0: always have context. So so, so
1: so let's just say like Tyreek Hill, man, he catches a deep one and it's a game winner, right? You know what I'm saying? Or you lose on a, mm-hmm. a field goal or something in overtime, right? I, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I shouldn't have question marks if something like that happens. Now, if you go out in the in the Miami Dolphins in their offense, they're just dominating you left and right, and yeah. then offensively, you're not looking uh, up to par if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you lose by two scores, then that's I think that's something different.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Either way, that's the game of the weekend. Eagles taking on the Miami Dolphins in Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football. That's on NBC at 8.15 Eastern Time. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on social media at hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on social media at Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Where do the Eagles land when it comes to our trust tree? We bring in Shannon Penn, our producer. One thing you don't have to worry about is Shannon Penn's New York Giants being a part of this trust tree. That's out the window. Wow. We're going to have a level of trust with these Super Bowl contenders, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Trust tree right now. Level of trust. Shannon Penn, the floor is yours here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio.
2: All right, the first team on the list, Freddie, I will start with you. In your Dallas Cowboys, trust tree, how much do you trust your four and two Dallas Cowboys? One through five. What say you?
0: Two. Right now, Dallas Cowboys. Their defense is still going to be terrific. Dak Prescott is going to be better. I kept warning people he's not going to throw as many interceptions this year like he did the last couple of years, and he's on track to do exactly that. But I'm tired of this team being front runners. So until I actually have a chance to see and believe a little bit more, even though they're four and two, my trust level with the Dallas Cowboys is a two right now to be a Super Bowl contender.
1: I'm going to give the Dallas Cowboys a three. And I think one of the one of the things I want to see from them moving forward and it's going to come up in their game with the Los Angeles Rams because you have a Cooper cutback, and we see Puka Nakua, what he's been able to do. You also have a tight end in Higby. I want to see how they're going to be able to defend a team that has two bona fide wide receivers. So when I look at their schedule, you have the Rams that have that. You have the Philadelphia Eagles. You also have, I will say, the Washington Commanders to a certain degree. The Seattle Seahawks, they have that. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles again, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins. And then I want to see how they're going to fare up against the physicality of Detroit when they play them on December 30th. So that's what I want to see right now uh, uh, coming up for the Dallas Cowboys.
2: All right, Harry, next team on the list, looking at our trust tree, level of trust for the 4-2 and two Buffalo Bills. What say you, Harry? Don't One upset. through five.
0: Don't upset Christine Leasing. She's listening.
2: I'm going to give them – a two right Ooh. now. Just but but here's why. Wait, a two? Can you repeat that? Yeah. Ooh. One through five, one being bad, five being a lot of trust. Mm. No, but but check me out. Hear me out. <laughs> and the reason why I say
1: that is because the New York Giants are horrible. And the New York Giants could have easily won that game versus the Buffalo Bills last week. Also the Buffalo Bills are dealing with a ton of injuries when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And last but not least. That game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in London didn't look too good for the Buffalo Bills as well. Now that's just right now. Right. That's just right now. Now after this weekend, it could be a four or five. <laughs> but right now, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two and a half. I'm, I'm not even gonna go solid. I'm okay. gonna go two and a half.
0: Okay. Or a no, whole number, I should say. No more treats for Harry Douglas from Christine Lisey when he comes to Bristol. Okay, we I got that you, out there. I the love way. you, Christine. No, not She don't love you after that two and a half mark you put on her football but team. But see, I
1: told her that, that, that uh-huh. Josh Allen was going to be all right.
0: Don't, don't punk up now because you I gave I, her a team of I two did. and a half. I did. I gave her hope. Don't don't backpedal now like the late Michael Jackson. Don't move walk now. We're not having that. <laughs> I'm going to give the Buffalo Bills a little bit more than that. I'm going to give them a three. You're, you're right about the injuries, sustaining that on defense, even though the backups are able to step and play pretty well, but the Giants' offense has been horror-awful so far this season, So, but they play well anyway. But this is all incumbent upon Josh Allen, how he continues to mature, and I have continued to see that maturity from him this season. I'm not surprised by it, but I'm just really glad to see it. But those injuries on defense and they're starting to have some offensive line issues as well. I'm not gonna say a two and a half because I want to continue to have those wonderful treats that Christine Lisi makes every Tuesday and Thursday. But I'm gonna give them I'll give them a three and a half. Just I can really stay above Harry Douglas as far as that goes.
2: (laughs) All right, Freddie. Next team on the list. What's your level of trust in the three and three Cincinnati Bengals?
0: That's a two. I, I still worry about them. I know the defense has played okay. They can be better. The running game, I don't think they've given that enough to help out Joe Burrow, the quarterback, and we know what kind of bad, shut-your-mouth wide receiver Jamar, Ch- Jamar Chase is, but I just wanted all that deep football they played the last couple of years, I wanted that starting to catch up to a team that still has not won a Super Bowl, and they got pretty close last year. So I'll say that's a two. I still worry about that slow start by the Cincinnati Bengals for the third season in a row.
1: For me, for the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm going to go two as well. I think that offensive line, um, Still worries me a little bit. And T. Higgins, man. T. Higgins has not been the player that we've seen him be yeah. the first few years yeah. he's been in the National Football League. I don't know what's going on with T. Higgins. Me neither. But he has not been the guy we are accustomed to seeing. Now, Cincinnati Bengals easily. There are two right now, but they can easily in about three or four weeks be a
2: four or five. Right. So, But right now, I'm going to give him a two. All right, the next team on the list, Harry, what's your level of trust in the 5-1 San Francisco 49ers? Somebody then shoot the table. I'm going to go 4.5. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm going to go
1: 4.5. Okay. And, and that's because that defense, um, also those skill position players, we know those injuries aren't going to be long lasting for Debo Samuel and also Christian McCaffrey. But Brock Purdy, what he showed me at the end of that game, after not having his best game, is that he can still push things behind, put things behind him, mm-hmm. and lead his team and put them in position to actually get a win. Uh, they could easily be 6 and 0 right now. So I'm going
0: to go 4.5. point five. They'll quote, the lines in the Chappelle Show skit. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth, fifth, fifth. Ah, see the 49ers, and I got an amendment. It's not one. It's not two. It's not three.
2: It's not four. It is fifth, F-I-F, fifth.
0: No matter what happened, and I get it on Sunday, that team still is the best team in the National Football League. I know a True. lot of people love the Lions. That team's still the best. They'll be okay Fifth, when it comes to the San Francisco 49s on my trust tree.
2: All right, Freddie. Next up, the <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. Two and three, Los Angeles Chargers. What's your level of trust in the Chargers right now?
0: Can we go below one? <laughs> yeah,
2: <'cause, laughs> I'm, okay. a, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you mine. I got them go as
0: point five. <laughs> you know what? That, that works for me because I don't trust this team at me all. Either. Not at all. They can't cover on the back end. Brandon Staley is a head coach. The jury is still out on that. Justin Herbert has those kind of numbers, but can he deliver in clutch situations? He's had two times to do it this year. He has not done it. Opening day against the Miami Dolphins and Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Harry, I'm with you. That's a point five. point F, as in point FIF, <laughs> point fifth for the Los Angeles Chargers.
2: You can make an argument that the Chargers are the most untrustworthy team in the league. They're a team full of look-to-port All-Stars. Like, you look, you got mm. Herbert. You got That's some of the defensive damn. ends. Like You, they, you look at them. They should be better. Slater, franchise tackle. Like, they got guys. Mm. They should be better. Eckler, but they're not. All right, moving on. Harry, what about the Detroit Lions? What's your level of trust in the 5-1 Detroit Lions? I gave the San Francisco 49ers a 4.5. I'm going to
1: give the Detroit Lions <laughs> – I'm going to get a little awkward. I'm going to give them a 4.2. 4.2. Okay. I know, Shannon. Yeah. So what? Okay. All right. The the, the number said one through five. (laughs) Even though we gave the Chargers a point five, they deserve (laughs) it. Hell, they that that terrible in my opinion. Four point two. Okay. You talk about consistency. I think the Lions have displayed that more so than anybody this season. They're consistent across the board. Jared Goff has been phenomenal. That run game, David Montgomery, he's out right now, and Jameer Gibbs, but they still find a way to win. That defense is playing a ton better than what we've seen in 2022. And their coach, man, this entire team takes, off the, takes on the mindset of their head coach. So I'm going to okay.
0: go 4.2. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit below that as a four. And I love the way the Detroit Lions play. They're not afraid of anybody, not afraid of anything. They're like, hey, what time you want to play? Assume your crew will meet you outside. That's who the Detroit Lions are. But they haven't been in a situation to be the Hunter yet. And we're going to find out a lot about that. Their schedule plays in their favor. Their final 10 games, only four teams in their schedule as of right now are playing above or at 500 football. So the schedule can play in their favor where they could potentially be a home court advantage kind of team in the NFC because of that schedule. But until I actually see them doing a playoff situation, I'll give them a four. I'm not placing them above San Francisco. Definitely not placing them above the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: All right, well, speaking of the Eagles, last team here on our trust tree, looking at level of trust for these Super Bowl contenders. Freddie, what's your level of trust in the 5-1 Philadelphia Eagles? Let's kind of bookend this uh, yeah. segment with the Eagles. I'm going I'm to say a 4 with the Eagles. There's certain things I've seen that I'm like,
0: I don't know, but I have way too much trust in Nick Sirianni, the players that they have, that they're going to be more than, all right, although if they lose with the Miami Dolphins, then they're going to have more questions, and that will be more internal than external. I said that about 10 minutes ago, but with the Eagles – Based on what I've seen last year, how they made able to win games, even though it has not been to the liking of those this year, I'm still going to trust them a lot. I still got a five in the Eagles. You got a five for the Eagles? I got a five for the Eagles. I raised up to a five.
1: All right, so I'm a, I'm going to go four for the Eagles. And it's because things haven't looked like it looked a season ago for them. Uh, but this is a team at the blink of an eye that can easily go up to a five, and I even go above a five. They can go to a six. And okay. a six, not even on the on list. Yes, Shannon, I did it again. Sorry, but <laughs> – <laughs> I, that's why I'm taking it. I'm going to go four for the Eagles, man. And um, Jalen Hurts, and I think the veteran leadership on this football team absolutely allows me to believe that things will get together. When you look at Fletcher Cox, uh, you look at Brandon Graham, you look at Jalen Hurts, you look at uh, Jason Kelsey – There's a lot of leaders on this football team, and I think the best one is at the quarterback position, and I think they're going to figure it out. But a four right now.
0: Yeah, we gave our ratings to teams that we believe could be potential contenders or pretenders in the NFL in 25 minutes. Who were the teams on the opposite end of that when it came to week six in the NFL? We'll do that in 25 minutes here. on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Don't forget to join us anytime you want to Dr. Pepper. Call in line at 888-729-3776. Speaking of Philadelphia, it's too bad that the 76ers can't do this when it comes to the James Harden story. And no, a trade is not what I'm talking about. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up
1: staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Serious XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. What should the Philadelphia 76ers do about James Harden? Let us know at 888-729-3776. That's 888-ESPN because James Harden is not in Philadelphia. Same man that threatened to make things uncomfortable with the Philadelphia 76ers until they find a way to trade him, preferably Harry Douglas to the Los Angeles Clippers. He has not been present with this team since Sunday. And according to reports, he is in Houston on Wednesday. He'd rather be there. He loves that city. He loves them clubs. He'd rather be there than in Philadelphia for a team practice, and it's unclear, Harry Douglas, when and if he will return to the 76ers as he wants to be traded, and it does not seem that is happening maybe anytime soon.
1: I think DJ Khaled, Drake, a couple people have a song called To The Max. I'm finding him to the max every time I get a chance, Freddie. If if, if that's how we're going to do it, I'm finding him to the max every time I get a chance. You one minute late to a meeting, I'm hitting you with the max. (laughs) You don't want to show up at practice, I'm hitting you. And then each time, it's going to add on each time, right? That's what you got to do now. Now, a lot of people may say, well, James Harden has a boatload of money. He's not going to miss the fine. So what? I'm going
0: to hit the pocket any way I can. Absolutely. I I wouldn't pay him at all until he showed up. Conduct detrimental to the team. Absolutely. I would find some way in a team policy in this contract to say, you know what? Kind of broke the code, bro. And since you don't want to be here, we're going to make sure that money's not going to be there in your bank account. The Sixers are not going to do that because as much of a distraction that this is, they do something like that and all hell is going to break loose. That doesn't mean it's any easier for the new head coach, Nick Nurse of the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: You know, if he's here, we go. And if he's not here, we go, right? We got work to do. There's a few days before we play again. Good effort by the guys, good focus, good spirit. It's my answer,
0: man. He's here, we go. He's not here, we go. I know if I'm Joel Embiid. And I'm dealing with all of this. And then I hear that from Nick Nurse. I'm thinking, yep, because that's how we feel. Mm -mm 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 -mm." I'm shaking my head from side to side thinking, dude, really? This is the power play? You want to try to run game here? And this is not even your team? Because this is still my team. I'm supposed to be responsible for the guys in this team. And you're being, once again, irresponsible to suit your own needs like you did in Houston like you did in Brooklyn, but I'll give him a pass on that because that proved to be an untenable situation. He was just tired of the whole mess involving Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets and everything like that. A lot of people would have wanted to get out of that situation. But then you do this to a guy that not once but twice has has stuck his neck and his behind out for you, James Harden. Man, oh, man, if I'm Joel Embiid, I got my head shaking from side to side.
1: Well, you heard it. Nick, Can we play that Nick Nurse one more time, Freddie, because – you can hear it in his voice that he's tired of this nonsense, man. And he, he, just, get, want, and he, he just, just got want coach, there. He want to just coach his team and try to compete for a championship, man. You know, if he's here, we go. And if he's not here, we go, right? We got work to do. There's a few days before we play again. Good effort by the guys. Good focus. Good spirit. It's my answer, man.
0: He's here, we go. He's not here, we go.
1: Yeah, Nick Nurse, is, he's over it. He's over it right now. Yeah. And But you, you brought up a good point, like. This is Joel Embiid's team. This Mm -hmm. is a guy who won the MVP award last season. And they have an opportunity to contend and compete. Yep. But you have James Harden acting in the manner that he is right now Mm -hmm. and is stopping that. But Joel Embiid is going to, hey, we got to keep rolling, man. You still have Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker. You got Tyrese Maxey. You know, you got other guys, like, uh, go out there and play. Do what you got to
0: do. Yeah. By, by the way, Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider on Twitter, Bobby Marks 42 says, James Harden could be subjected to a $389,000 plus fine for every preseason, regular season game that he misses without the consent of the team. That fine would fall under, quote, unquote, failure to render services. There's also a minimal fine starting at 2500 bucks for missing practice. Maybe the best way to get the James Harden, Harry Douglas, to your point, you go out there and play, and you're winning without him. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm Joel Embiid, I'm saying, hey guys, let's make that brother play pay for not being here. If we go out there and start the season 10-1, and one, that'll get his attention because we can show people, hey, we want him to be here, but he ain't here. But we're winning without him. So you know what? We don't need you. Maybe it's not the pocketbook that they need to attack, maybe it's the ego that they need to attack when it comes to James Harden by having a great start to the season and proving that you don't need this guy when it's all said and And I'll done. say
1: this. When you look at the Miami Heat, right, and and seeing what Jimmy Butler has been able to do since going to Miami, and I understand like when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, you don't know if you have a guy with that mental makeup and that physicality, that whole nine, but Joel Embiid yeah. should be able to be that guy. Right. right? So you say to yourself, okay, if – if the Miami Heat can do it, why can't we do it, mm-hmm. right? When you have a Maxie, like I mentioned, you have a Tobias Harris, you have a P.J. Tucker, you now have uh, Patrick Beverly on your t- another pit bull, right? You, 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 you brought over Kelly Oubre Jr. Like, why can't you, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, and I agree with you, Freddie, go out there and try to win and contend without him? And, and, and just do it without him.
2: And I think it's another factor, too, with Harden, because everyone knows he wants to go to the Clippers, and it seems as though the asking price of what Philly wants for Harden mm-hmm. seems to be pretty high. Like yeah, i they seeing not want to trade him. It's multiple ones that they would want from him. So I find it interesting. If they really want to just get rid of him and cut bait, why not just accept you know, a first or a lower asking price and send him, send him on his way?
0: Because they don't want to trade him, and they figure we'll put up a price tag so high that we know people are not going to match that. They know that as James Harden, as talented as we've seen him be, especially in the regular season – No one is going to part with four first-rounders and a player of any kind of substance and circumstance for a guy that you know is going to disappear on you in the playoffs because he's done it time and time again. That's too high of a price to pay for anybody, not name a LeBron or Steph or people like that for a guy that we've seen notoriously has been terrific. But when he's bad, he is bad, especially in the playoffs. Jeff in Minnesota, thanks for hitting us up here on Freddie and Harry and Dr. Pepper call the line at 888-729-3776. Jeff, you're in charge of Philadelphia 76ers. What are you doing about this James Harden situation?
2: Hey, I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to speak on this matter, man. Shout out to Freddie and Harry. Appreciate everything y'all do. Appreciate you. Big fan here. Um, yeah, man, I, I think it's time to go to court. I mean, it's, there's no reason why we well, keep him in the organization. He's been a cancer. He's nowhere near the player he was. And let's focus on the positives that we do have, Got Embiid, right? Let's figure out a way to build around him, whether that be make a trade, which we know is not going to happen for what the value is of James or what he thinks he's worth. But you can't keep a guy like that in an organization. You love to hear what you guys have to say because – I've listened to a lot of the James Harden conversations, and I got to be frank, I'm so exhausted with James. You know, he, I'm so exhausted, man. I'm on my way to another appointment for work, and all I can think about is
1: why in the hell are they keeping this man on the roster? Let him go. Well, the thing is, is that it's easier said than done because if you just let him go, you're still going to owe him the money. Right, that's that's the thing about NBA contracts, right? Those checks those, are regular. Those bad boys are guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. So if you just hey, I'm gonna get rid of James Harden instead of trade, I'm gonna let him go. But, uh, you you still have to pay his man. You gotta pay the man the money. And then now the NBAPA uh, gonna get involved if you don't, yeah. you know, pay him his money and take you to court that whole nine. So, uh, I feel like if, and and I, I will say this too. That's what James Harden also wants. Absolutely. That, that, that's, what that's, he want, that's what he wants him to do.
0: Yeah. That's why he's doing what he's doing right now. Because he's hoping that at a certain point they're going to get yeah. sick and tired of his nonsense. Yeah. And by the time he gets sick and tired of his nonsense, then maybe something will happen. Although I will say this real quick. The more you don't hear about something going on between the 76 and the Clippers, the more that means something is going on behind the scenes. Maybe a trade could be a lot closer to happening than we think.
2: Right now, with or without Harden, I'll ask both of you guys, where do you have the Sixers in the East right now? Without Harden? With or without him, doesn't matter. Where do you have the Sixers right now? Oh. Or are they at one location, one spot with Harden, and are they a different spot without him?
0: They're in the same I- spot to me, in my opinion, because I got the Bucs ahead of them. I got the Celtics ahead of them. I got the Heat ahead of them. I got those three off the top of my head right now. I got ahead of uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, with or without him.
1: Yeah, I, I'll go the same. Now, I, I will say this about the Heat, but then, you know, the Seventy Sixers kind of fall in that same category because James mm-hmm. Harden was their point guard, and right? They, you know, so
0: it's I, tough. I, isn't it? But
1: you got to put the Heat over them because the Heat yeah. is a is a team that has been 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 able to overachieve, right? With the roster that they had have, have in in the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers have underachieved with a better roster than the Miami Heat, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Either way, no matter whether he's there or not, it's going to be a very interesting October, November, December the longer that James Harden is on that basketball team in Philadelphia. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together in Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. My man Harry had a rough weekend this past weekend involving his Braves, his Atlanta Falcons, and his alma mater, Louisville Cardinals. It's about to get rough in another five minutes. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is Freddie and Harry coming at you on this afternoon. Get down Wednesday. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN radio, the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on Sirius X and channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker yours to play ESPN radio. We gave you what we believe are the best of the best about 25 minutes ago when we did one through five, our trust tree in terms of NFL contenders for a Super Bowl. It's time to go to the opposite of that. And it's about to get really, really rough. So, a certain guy named Harry Douglas. It was a bad week for some this week in the NFL.
2: In trouble, sack bubble, first and goal.
0: But who was the worst of the worst? You're the worst. You're the worst. Find out now. This is the lower five. We always go from number five through number one. If you can see Harry Douglas's face right now. You would say, "Man, Freddie, you better duck." That's a lot of daggers coming out of his eyes towards the rest of the crew here on Freddie and Harry.
1: We uh, we have to start off here. For I need the people to understand uh-huh. what is about to take place. Now, yes. mm-hmm. every day at twelve noon, we have a production meeting. Mm-hmm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I was flying up here today, and I could not make that meeting. Uh-huh. So, some things were, you know, determined. Uh-huh. Without my consent.
0: No, your consent was involved. We just took it into account it was a group think, and it's, we came up with the list.
1: I got outnumbered.
0: You did get outnumbered. I got outnumbered. <laughs> Equal one man, one vote.
1: And I, and I, <laughs> I feel like I'm being bamboozled here. But we shall see. Let the list roll.
0: Number five: the New Orleans Saints. Oh, uh, I love this. Yeah, I know you'd see. I said I it was going to get rougher for you, but at least you can take some solace in the fact that the Saints lost to a Houston Texans team. Many people did not think the Texans would win three games this year. Now they're 3-3. Three and three. Many people believe the Saints could maybe be that sneaky team that could be a little bit below the Cowboys and the Eagles and the 49s and NFC. Uh, they're fighting for their lives in a winnable division because the Texans were more physical, better coach, and they put it on them. I know it's a seven-point win, but nobody saw that from the Texans at this point of the season against a Saints team a lot of people have high regard for.
1: Now, we shall say there was one person who's seen this happening. Because this was my bold prediction last week. Yes, it was. Now, I will say this about the New Orleans Saints, though. I think this is a team on paper. You look and you see all the players that they have across the board, and you say, you know what, this team should be definitely top five in the NFC right now at the moment. But what their play has told us is that, no, it's not about what you have on paper. It's about going out there and executing. So they deserve to be at number five this week. Number four. Oh, Lord, don't take me. <laughs> keep me here don't take me keep me here
0: please the fighting Atlanta Harry Douglases are number four
1: no why'd you choose
0: him? <laughs> choose me
1: <laughs> choose me instead <laughs>
0: no your boy threw three picks man two in the fourth quarter they weren't the worst of the worst but they weren't that far off
1: Man, I, I got to be honest, Freddie. Man, because I was at that game, right, and uh-huh. I'm saying to myself, "And Desmond Ritter, man, he he had three interceptions, and I would say about four or five plays he had that were ba- just bad plays. I didn't, I did not understand mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason. I just didn't understand them. And three of those happened to go for interceptions. Outside of that, he was okay. But unfortunately, in this game, when you have those kind of plays, those plays can cost you a A win. Absolutely. And also cause you to lose football games. And that's what transpired against the Washington Commanders when it came to my Atlanta Falcons. God, don't take take me. Don't take them.
0: Outside of the three interceptions he threw, it was good. (laughs) Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like to play? (laughs) (laughs) Number three. The Chicago Bears, and it's not going to get any better. Justin Fields not playing this week, although Tyson Baggett, have a kid out of a Division II school, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, in my conference, the PSAC. Uh, he's going to show some things. Not to be a starting quarterback, but he's not going to be overwhelmed. But this Bears team, 0 3 at home, 1 5, winnable game against Minnesota. Vikings only have Justin Jefferson, and the Bears, Harry, still couldn't win that game at home.
1: Yeah, they found ways to lose the game. You had interceptions across the board, you had a fumble. Uh, As well, the Minnesota Vikings did what they were supposed to do. The Chicago Bears did not. I thought this was a game that they actually could have got their second win on the season that did not transpire. That's why they're sitting at the number three spot right now on Freddie and Harry at the lower five in the National Football League.
0: No doubt about that. Five worst teams for week six in the NFL. Saints at five. Falcons at four. Bears at three. That brings us up to number two. Oh, the last tango continues. Not a good tango. Patriots at number two. Uh, they might not win five games this year. It's going to get ugly. It's going
1: to get ugly for New England. Going to get? <laughs> <laughs> going You're to? Right. You're right. But it can get worse, though. That's the thing. It just might. They have the Buffalo Bills this week.
0: Oh. oh, my goodness. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills. Number one. The team that the Buffalo Bills beat, the New York Giants. The worst team this week in the National Football League. So, as bad as it was for your Falcons, they were four. The Giants, based on what they did the end of the first half, and not winning the game in the second half. Where you at, Dev? Go run,
2: tail that. Where you at, Shannon? I don't hear you talking. I, I, feel, I feel some kind of way that you guys blew right past that uh, Patriots description of yep, yep, how bad they were at Pulse. number two. You guys were. Went- Guys, guys were kind of fast there because <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, you know what? We're up against a hard out. We are clocking yeah. tech. Oh, run out of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, look at the time. Look at the time right now. Jeez. <laughs> See,
0: I'm in gloating phase. I may not have a week like this ever again for the rest of the year where both of my teams won. And they're going to win again this week because the Cowboys and Jets are in a bye week. So I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Both of my
1: teams. What are you, Rams and One Vikings One week fans? it's the Big oh. Apple turnover. The next week, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor. My goodness,
0: uh, it's the coaching turnover. Yeah, making the, those everything. kind of decisions. All
1: the above, <laughs> exactly.
0: The Giants this week, the worst team this week for Week Six in the National Football League. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. And Cowboys star defender Micah Parsons use the word energy to call out the haters of his team. Find out how you use that next on ESPN Radio.